Hey guys, thank you for stopping by the Poop Dollar Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Allegria. In this week's episode, we have Matt Taylor. He's a hilarious stand-up comedian, an old buddy of mine. We've known each other for about 11 years, and we talk about old comedy shows and where we first met. We talk about what it's like to do Zoom shows during the pandemic. He talks about what it's like to date another comedian and a whole lot more. We have a great time in studio, catching up on old times, having some drinks, think you're going to enjoy it. Like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Listen to it on Spotify, iTunes, and now Audible. That's it for me. We'll talk to you soon. Uh, you know, I feel like I feel like you're always a little bit ahead of me. <laughs> Have you noticed that? Like, I, uh, I, I well, I'm older than you. That must. So, well, yeah, yeah, I'm only 21. First of all, so, no. <laughs> uh, no, but that's like like. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about doing this. You're doing it already successfully. When I first came out here, you were doing shows. Yeah. You helped me out so much, and so it's like I've always been like a little bit behind you, and I'm like so. I got to watch your career to see where my career gets to go. (laughs) You know what, man? I've seen you kick butt ever since you got to LA. You know, I met you like not long after you got into uh, LA. Yeah. And I saw, you know, you were, you were always a hustler, dude, you know? And I don't know if it, if you had like the New York hustle or you just had it in you and that's who you are, but I always appreciated it. Now I like to surround myself with people like that. And you were always that sort of person. So I, you know, I, I never considered it like a, some sort of a competition, but I. Well, thank you, God, because you would, <laughs> you'd be winning. So I guess, yeah, no, it's not totally Thanks, not a competition buddy. at all, man. No. No, you, yeah, you were like you and Sandy Danta, but really you did the most. Like when I first came out here, dude, no one cared. Where I was, yeah. I'd been doing comedy for forever in New York, and no one cared. And then it was just you guys helped me for no reason. It was really. Well, I can you're look, a great I can tr- guy. You're hilarious. Yeah, you know but, what I mean? But, you're a but hustler. But back then you helped me out before, before you even really knew me that well. Like, I was like, like I've never forgot that. So, I, yeah. Well, so. I don't know. I think I, you know, I, you know, you give people a shot, you know, and, um, you know, it's, it's the people that do you wrong, you know, they fall off and it was like, well, it was good to meet you and so long. And now I know who you are, but you've maintained that, that great person ever since I met you until now. And it's been wow. what, like uh, 13 years, maybe? Uh, I've been out here 11 years. Wow. I think 11. Okay. I hope, uh, maybe I forgot, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've been out here longer than New York. I always think of everything in terms of my time in New York. Uh-huh. Like that was like where I started. Yeah. And now I've been out here longer and I like it. I like here better. Yeah. 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 I always see people coming to New York. Oh, I'm going to go to New York to do comedy. It's like, you shouldn't do that. <laughs> like it's, it's just so, there's more stage time. Yeah. But like, it's the same 20 dudes, the uh-huh. same guys, because you can make a living in New York at the clubs. Okay. So they stay. Yeah, right. Like, I look at the lineup still, and they're the same as when I left. Wow. Yeah, it's a, it's wild. Wow. So. Well, they got a steady, uh, steady paycheck, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I would, that's what I would do also. I mean, yeah. who wouldn't just do the uh, seller, the Caroline seller, the comic strip seller yeah. again? It's like. Yeah, yeah. But there's just no, there was no room to move forward. Oh, okay. Like, I left New York. I remember I... Just nothing was going on. Like I, I was lucky. Like I, I flamed out in comedy. Like yeah. I, I was doing these shows and then I had a, a, my own club for a little bit and this guy stole my street team and it was a big kaboom. It was the best thing that ever happened to me because I left New York early and because of that, I came out here early and no one cares. Like it doesn't matter what level of success you have in New York. You start over when you come to LA. Yeah. So luckily I got to start over early and I, I made so many mistakes when I was in New York mm-hmm. and I remember Thinking to myself, I, I'll never forget this. I was, my brother, my brother was out here. He get, let me stay for, with him for like eight months for free. Like it was awesome. Yeah. And I remember looking at myself in the mirror going, all right, man, be everything you weren't in New York. You've <laughs> got to do everything differently. Because in New York, I was very much, uh, I was an asshole. Like I really, 
I was selfish. I tried to do everything to benefit me. I did. I, I just, I just was a selfish person. Yeah. And because of that, when things fell apart, all the people who were nice to me stopped being nice to me oh, okay. because they, you know, you hear that thing about like, well, I, when I had things, people were there. Yeah. And, well, that happened to me. And it was interesting because I didn't know at the time. And then when they, when I lost everything, they're like, Oh, you guys were my fair weather friends. Like, Oh, I would have asked you for more things or something. I didn't know. <laughs> I thought you guys were, Yeah. But, but I got to start over here and I learned uh, the biggest lesson I learned was just whatever you can do, do like, just if someone says, Hey, are you available? Be available. And the only weird thing was that it doesn't seem to be the common ethic out here. Like I could be wrong, but it was my experience that most people value success as the little, as how little they need to do to get the things that they get. Like comics, if you ask them in New York, Hey, like we're going to put a show together. Let's all get together, we'll hand out some flyers. We'll do it. Be like, yeah, let's do it. They take pride in that out here. Could you imagine asking the top guys, Hey, you want to go help out at a show? Like yeah. they, would, they would look at you like you're insane. <laughs> it's like the level of success is what, how little do I need to do to get what I'm getting? Now it doesn't mean that those people aren't working hard. Yeah. It just means in, in terms of comedy, I've noticed you, the more that someone is successful, the less you have got to expect of them, mm. which by the way, now they've been out here long enough, makes sense. Yeah, it really does. So I'm, I'm hoping to hit that point of just like, <laughs> I do nothing whatsoever. And people give me stage timelines someday, someday. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. That is a, a good position to have, right? Oh yeah. I've earned, you know, my position to do nothing. Dude, I, I want that so yeah. much. You know what's interesting is like, uh, I've been doing, I've been running shows. Oh my gosh. You know what I should tell you about? I'm having to rebrand myself. Okay. This is something so. ridiculous. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say this tactfully. I feel like an idiot having to say this. So I'm embarrassed. Just say uh, it, please. I know, I know. So when I was a new comic, no one wanted to work with me because I was no good. Makes sense. So I would hand out flyers. I would hand out things. And then there, some people would work with me. Yeah. But then I got lectured. They're like, you got to stop handing out flyers. No one will look at you as a comic. And so then I was like, all right, I wanna, I'm going to try to be seen as a comic. So I stopped handing out flyers, which I guess like bringing would be the same thing out here. Like you're a new person. Then you got to stop being new. And you got to go to the open mics and yeah. you kind of graduate. Well, then no one, I stopped handing out flyers and no one worked with me. Like zero. Wow. Yeah. Like I was done in comedy. So I was like, well, that's not working. I better do something. And I was living in Astoria, Queens. And so I, I saw this little cafe in the middle of nowhere. And I, I went and they had an open mic on Wednesdays. And so I went up to them. I said, hey, can I run a comedy show? And they're like, do you run comedy shows? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I do. They're like, well, we got a Tuesday available. I was like, good. I'll, I'll take it. They'll be great. And then I panicked because I didn't know anybody. And, you know, what I was going to do. But, but yeah. I, I hustled. I hustled. I hustled. hustled. And I chalked on sidewalks. But I got people in. Yeah. And I realized, oh, if I just run the thing myself, I get all the stage time I want. Yeah. So I did that. And then I was like, and also now I can get the people who I like to work with me. Yeah. Cause I also had no sense of, uh, I didn't think I was good enough. I didn't think anyone would ever go to a show to see me. And so I would, I would dress it up as like, well, I'm still getting better. So I want to work with just the best comics and that'll be good. But secretly I was like, maybe then the best comics will like me. And that'll be good. <laughs> but I was able to produce. I was really good at it. I still am good at it. Yeah, you are. And because of that, I would get all this work, but no one saw me as a comic. They saw me as a producer or a promoter, which is even worse. Yeah. And so then I came out to LA and my same skill set helped me. I was able to, you know, fill up rooms, yeah. do things like that. Mm -hmm. Now I'm 18 years into comedy, 18 years in, and the pandemic, the one good thing about it was it, it made me do nothing. Like I literally, I have a, my, my, my mother lives in Santa Monica and she has pulmonary issues. So I wanted to see her. So I stayed in, I stayed in, like I was like that person. And 
because I was doing nothing, I was like, what do I really want? And I realized I want to just be a comic. Like I've been doing comedy, but no one, everyone thinks of me as this producer, this promoter. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? I always thought it, at some point I would feel ready. Like somehow I would, like a butterfly, I would spring out and everyone, but it's never going to happen. Mm-hmm. I just have to do it. Yeah. So I, I started doing these shows at this, uh, the Comedy Chateau and the first show I did, I sold out. Wow. Now, and also used my face, my name, like there was no, it was like, uh, I, I was the draw. My, I have a pretty decent following now from doing these shows. So they came out and the first thing someone said was like, wow, you really know how to promote a show. You're a great promoter. And I was just like, oh, I'm still not seen as a comic yet. And so what I've been doing, and this is crazy, but I've had to do it. I stop producing completely, completely. I won't, I've been asked to do, hey, could you help me with this? No, I'd stopped. And I'm going comic to comic like, hey, I'm a comic now. Like, I, 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 this, no, yeah, 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 this sounds ridiculous, but right. if you talk about me, like, right. say that asshole's a comic. Yeah, yeah. Not a producer. And yeah. everyone's been good about it. Everyone's like, cool, about time, Matt. Like, I feel like I was missing something, but now I'm actively having to do it. And it's working. That's the crazy part. Like, people are starting to look at me that way. And nothing about what I have done has changed except that I'm telling people, hey, I'm a comic now instead of a promoter. And... It's been such a life, like a, like a lesson, like we are to everyone else who we choose to let them, def- however we, you allow someone to treat you, they'll treat you. Yeah. And for some reason I was like, I'm a promoter and a producer. And so people looked at me as a promoter and a producer. Yeah. And it wasn't until I just decided to go, all right, you know, it's going to sound stupid, but I'm a comic now. Yeah. And now people are looking at me that way. So it's like, it took me 18 years to get to that point, which yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. But it's been such a, a such a thing, such yeah. an incredible, you know. Yeah. I don't know. It's it's still such, a, such an odd thing to me. Like I was telling my girlfriend, like I I feel so self conscious. Yeah. Telling people this because like these are people I've known for yeah forever. You know, it's like yeah, I'm a comic yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. And it's what's even weirder is like no one's like, no one's zinged me on it. Like no one's been like eh, or whatever. But then it's also like, now I'm like, maybe I should have been saying this earlier. Like, well, everyone's very much too supportive. Like I was, I was, I was like, like, Ben Morrison was like, yeah, it's about time, man. It's about time. Yeah. Welcome to, welcome to comedy. And I'm like, this is the wrong response. Like, I don't know. Well, so that, that's, that was, that's my big life thing. And so I've, I've been doing that, but it's such a weird thing because all, all the things I feel comfortable in with comedy, yeah. I can't do anymore. Or at least for now, like I I don't know how to interact with club owners anymore because when they would talk to me, they would talk to me about numbers and they would talk to me about audiences and these things. And, and I now realize that's not how you talk to a comic. You talk to a comic differently, but I'm trying to make sure I don't fall into the same patterns. Yeah. And I feel, I feel like, um, I feel brand new. Yeah. It's weird. Like, yeah, it gets us good, but it's like, it's scary. Like, like, how do you, how do you guys do it? Like, like I'm, I'm literally asking comics this question. So, (laughs) so what do we do next? And they're looking at me like, how long you been doing? It's like, it's not important. Like, (laughs) What do we do next? Like, yeah. I know you do shows. Sure, I can get those. But what's after that? And everyone's kind of cagey. So I guess that's part of it, not telling anyone what's next. But, like, I really don't know what the next step is. It's, just, it's weird. Like, I think, I think, actually, I don't know. What yeah. Do, what do you recommend? <laughs> just, uh, you know, just fake it till you make it. Yeah, that seems, <laughs> that seems to be the consensus. Like, everyone's like, I don't really know either. It's like, yeah, I think, yeah. it's, I think I, I'm guessing that the next thing is I need to have a great idea. Yeah. Just some kind of brilliant yeah, yeah. thing and then make. I just learned for the first time something I probably should have known. Most comedians' first special, they make. Mm-hmm. And then they sell it. Yeah. I was shocked. Yeah, yeah. I, just, I, I heard Tom Segura, his first special on Netflix, he made. Wow. And then, so, then they Netflix made wow. the other ones. 
Oh. I thought that, yeah. I mean, I, I had heard of people making their own specials. Yeah. I just thought like, yeah, that was just something you did when yeah. no one would book you. Like, yeah, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I got my own special. Like, yeah. like, oh yeah, yeah. You're right. But it turns out that's a thing. <laughs> you know what? Like, I don't think that there's a blueprint, especially in the days that we're living right now, Matt. You know, things are just like upside down. You know, people say that Crazy. unless there is and they don't want you to know. It's so like, yeah, you know, there's no blueprint. <laughs> there's nothing you're supposed to do. Well, I'm just saying just because like it's everybody's stories, uh, you know, any one that I look up to or, you know, uh, big success, they have a complete different story from one to another. You know, yeah. look at Chris Rock, you know, it, you know, all of a sudden, you know, uh, well, Eddie, Eddie Murphy picked them up. You know what I mean? Like, well, yeah, that, that, that'd be a crazy uh, way to make it. How do you have to make it? Well, Eddie Murphy's got a discovery. <laughs> it's like, really? Really? Yeah. Eddie Murphy has to? He's yeah. like, yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> but like. I get you right. Like, I, and I know certain things have changed. Like in the old days, the old, old days, it was the Tonight Show. Yeah. At least this is before I was even around. Right. It was like, because you, you, would, you would get into the clubs because mm-hmm. the clubs would be how you got that showcase. Right. If you showcase for the Tonight Show, you got the yeah. Tonight Show. If right. Johnny liked you, yeah. maybe you got a pilot. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then it seems like that's definitely gone. That's right. definitely, now it's, because I know the older comics struggle with the idea of having to make their own content. Yeah. And have to do, but it seems like now it's like, there are no gatekeepers. Mm-hmm. Or if they are, there's yeah. so many gates that. Right. People reward people who have visible work. Like if right. you've been, if you have a following, that's a yeah. visible thing. <laughs> or if you've made a lot of videos, that's yeah, something. Yeah. So it's, it seems like I'm in this weird mindset in between of like, I want to get discovered, yeah. but I know that's not going to happen, but I'm too lazy to make yeah, anything yeah. on my own. So I'm just like, I'll just watch <laughs> comedy. Maybe that'll be it. Yeah. Yeah. So what do, what do you it's think? It's tough, dude. You know, honestly, I think that you should have had this mindset when you first got to LA and rocked that. And then at this time you would have flipped and you know what? I'm going to produce shit and I'm going to fill rooms and I'm going to make money. It does seem like it does. Every person keeps talking about the things that I was doing. Like you gotta, you gotta like make a special and just like, everyone's like, I, I would, if I could just fill a room, like I can do that. That's easy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I'm beginning to think I'm like a little bit behind, but maybe I should go back to just maybe the producing idea. <laughs> but I think my, my, my brother, my brother always says that everyone prays to a specific God. Yeah. You know, like there's the God of money. Yeah. There's the God of sex. There's the God of uh, public approval. And then yeah. there's the God of peer approval. And uh-huh. like, I clearly p- pray to the God of peer approval. <sighs> and like, I don't, it's like, I wish I, I didn't. Yeah. Because like, I know I, I should just put my head down and just do. Yeah. But I don't know. There's something about doing it on your own that feels lonely to me. And I made it just lonely, but also difficult. Like I've been trying to do it myself for so long. And I've hit the point now where like I can't. Mm-hmm. Like I literally, the things that I, uh, the options I have available, I just can't do them by myself. And I am struggling to find a way to put a team together mm-hmm. because I don't work great with other people I don't know very, very well. You know, I just, I just, I feel very, I very, um, I don't like to share information. And so that's a problem because it's like, I've noticed that you, you need to be able to get people on board by sharing your plans. Yeah. But then by sharing your plans, I don't know, people seem to fall off or suddenly (laughs) they have their own plan. That's kind of similar to your plan. Like I, I, it's happened to me several times where I was, I was working with people Uh and then they suddenly were doing what I was doing (laughs) with the people I was working with. inspired them. Yeah. That's a a great way. Oh, I inspired you to do what I do exactly (laughs) with the people I was working with. Cool. I'm happy to, I'm happy to be such an inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know. Like it's, uh, I'm just, I'm curious as to what's next. Like it's the pandemic really did change a lot. And there's like, it's like, uh, for that last year, a win was just being alive to me. It was like, all right, are you sick? No, you're doing good. Yeah. Like just be safe. Yeah. And then now it's, I got my, I'm vaccinated. Did you get vaccinated? Yeah. 
Good. Yeah, it's good. Uh-huh. Good. Some people that's like a dirty word. <laughs> I still I'm still shocked by that. Like yeah. I still don't know how we allowed the vaccination to become a political thing. Yeah. Like the, you know there was a pandemic a hundred years ago. Yeah. That Spanish flu. You know what they did back then? What? They made everyone get vaccinated. Oh. Like there was a law. You couldn't have an opinion about it. Mm. In fact, they had this thing called the Sedition Act, which meant you could not complain about it. Because wow. if you did, you could be put in jail. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. But then Oliver Wendell Holmes, who's a, a Supreme Court justice, kind of made free speech as we know it today kind mm-hmm. of a thing. Yeah. But back before like the, you know, when, like the 1920s, before the 1920s, you couldn't say things about the country and you couldn't say things about things like vaccination, wow. public health, or you would go to jail. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. I, I like to listen to some education podcasts. No, nice. Yeah. Very cool. And I was like, man, you could send people to jail for disagreeing with you. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. awesome. I wish yeah. I could do that. I yeah. wish I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe, you know, because we think we're so free, that's, that's become uh, the reason why we're all so high and mighty. And we're like, well, vaccine, a mask. Why we don't need to do, That's no free country. How did I, we I get still to this don't point? figure that out. Like I've, mm-hmm. every time someone doesn't like to do a vaccine, which is weird. Cause it's like, you, you won't know who they are until suddenly you mention something and then suddenly they, their eyes like get dark and they're like, vaccine, let me, let me go tell you about the government. Let me take the chemicals in and do you know this? And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Let's go talk about this. Yeah. Because it's like, no one knows what's in a vaccine, mm-hmm. but yet people like, you know, it's like, do you know what's in your own? It's your shampoo. Mm-hmm. Your shampoo's got a whole bunch of chemicals in it. Do you know? Or, or do you know what's in your, and also half these people are drug users, which I'm always shocked. Like you don't want to do a vaccine, but you have no <laughs> other problem with anything else. huh? Yeah. Right. But it also is like, it's not a thing. I think it's like the wrong response. Is it, I don't know if this is, maybe it's because I'm such a lefty, 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 but like, shouldn't the response be like, maybe we're killing people? Let's, let's just wear a mask. Like, what's, yeah. what's the harm? What is the harm? Like, I, I don't get that. I like wearing them. Honestly, yeah. I'm going to miss masks. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to say this on stage, but like, I am. Because like, I have bad breath sometimes. Not with a mask, I don't. With a mask, I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> I mean, I still brush my teeth and floss and do all yeah, that. But yeah. every once in a while, I know I have bad breath. <laughs> That's it. Or other people have bad breath, too. Sure. I want masks. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, women have complexion issues. You think every woman would be like, I'm cool with a mask today. Right, Cause right. like, I can't tell you how many times I've heard, I don't want to go out. You know, yeah, I just yeah. don't feel like I look right. You know, yeah. it's like a mask. Yeah. Also when I was a kid, this is going to sound stupid, but I used to play Ninja and I was pumping gas. Not terribly too long ago. I was wearing a hoodie. Uh-huh. I had a mask on and I felt like an off duty Ninja. Like I just, I just looked, I was looking in the mirror yeah. in my car and I was like, yeah, I'm a ninja now. <laughs> it's like my childhood dreams have been realized. I'm yeah, a ninja yeah. pumping gas. Yeah, yeah. You can't do that without a mask. Mm-mm. Or the other thing I always think of like all those people who don't like masks, like you would think when they went over and they uh, attacked the, the Capitol building. Yeah. That's the time to wear a mask. Like, that yeah. would have been a perfect time to be, help me wear a mask. All those people who did it, they did it maskless. Yeah. Which I just find like, yeah, that's kind of dumb people. You probably yeah. should have worn the mask, but <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, have you noticed that like a uh, political material it used to be you could just do it. Yeah. But now like, man, it's like people like want to yell at you. Yeah. If you do it, like they, they're yeah. like, I've, I've had to now of all the topics I've talked about, I have to preface that yeah. with like silly jokes to let people know that I have no agenda. Like I do a, I have to now say like a, I'm not a Republican. If people ask me if I'm a Republican or Democrat, I just call a Scientologist. <laughs> and then they're like, ah, <laughs> but I have to say that stupid thing up front so yeah. that they know I'm not going to try to like, you know, try to. Yeah proselytize or can yeah. you know convince them of anything yeah, yeah. meanwhile it's also my stuff's not that smart so it's like it's like i have to i'm not going to win anyone over on it yeah. so i got to make sure that if i'm going to do it that they're not going to think i'm actually trying to make a point yeah yeah because i never yeah i've yet to make a point right <laughs> it's i don't know do you do you ever like when you do your comedy do you have like a, do you got there with like an agenda like i'm going to change people's minds no no i don't i i wish i could 
Like I always think like, man, I, I would really like to make some kind of, I would love to make a point. Like yeah. Something like really brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And people would be like, oh. yeah. like was that movie? It was a Matthew McConaughey. It's like an old John Grisham movie. And he's yeah. talking, it's with Samuel Jackson. He's like, I hope they burn in hell. Yeah. And it's about this. And he wins the the big scene at the end is he's, yeah. he's talking about this girl. And yeah. then he goes, and now imagine that she was black. Yeah. And we're like, oh, <laughs> I thought she was RL. You yeah, got it. Yeah. I want to do, that's what I want. I want to yeah. have that moment where I just shatter everyone and then they, they're hugging me afterwards. It's like, <laughs> I never knew. Meanwhile, yeah. I would hate that if they start coming. I hate talking to audience after the shows. Yeah. I'm so, I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah. It's so funny. I was thinking about like, you get so nervous sometimes. I know we don't get nervous yeah. anymore, but like when you're a brand new comic, you get so nervous yeah. about the audience. Like, oh, I'm getting yeah. stage fright. And then you meet them after the show and they're the, just, they have the dumbest ideas yeah. about comedy. And you're just like, man, I, I was afraid of you. Like, well, you don't know anything about this. Yeah. But now, now it's like, uh, they're so friendly. Yeah. Like that's on off putting. Uh, that is, by the way, here's something, um, in the time that I have deliberately and self-consciously been making myself, uh, the headliner instead of the producer, I'm Uh, the headliner of the show. Audience response has changed, which is wild because they don't have any sort of industry bias. Like they don't know you're a producer. That means you're probably not a good comic. They don't think anything like that. Yeah. So what it's telling me is that somehow what I am doing, I'm carrying myself differently. Yeah. And it's the energy I'm bringing out there. Yeah. And it's really, it's, I mean, it's noticeable. Uh-huh. And I don't know if I feel good or bad about that. Like, it's good that it's positive, but like, I, I don't like the idea that the entire time that uh, I struggled, it was probably me. It was probably me putting out these negative vibes yeah. in some way. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, you always think, I don't know about you, but I always want to think that like, that I'm doing it the right way that I'm putting in the hard work yeah. and that by doing it this way, I'm, it's the, it's the most, it's the best way I could be doing it. Sure. But part of that is the hard work is I, I get angry. I get frustrated. I get tired a lot. And now it seems that I probably, if I would just be a little bit more cheerful and confident <laughs> that would have done more. And it's such an odd thing to realize like mm-hmm. that. Like, oh, you, I, I am in control of everything that's happening. Yeah. And, and I have just been doing a little bit odd. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. How are you like, what's so what, do you ever have those kind of like, uh, I assume most comics don't have that kind of thing where it's like they have to rebrand or like kind of shift gears, uh-huh. but like, have you ever done that? You ever had that kind of crisis? Like we're like, Oh, I got to change something about what I'm doing. Well, I mean, right now with the times that we're living in, it seems like you have to change your, your, your approach maybe, uh, you know, because you know, things are going to be changing drastically. Yeah. Don't you think? I do. Yeah. I think I, I've noticed that it seems, am I wrong in saying this, but it seems like everyone has left. Like uh, Joe Rogan went to Texas. He took a lot of the store with him. Yeah. So like that's open. Yeah. And there's, I think a new, I'm pretty sure there's a, no, there's a new book at the store also, but it seems like everything is, and now of course with the Chateau and a new club, it seems like there's, everything is new again. And like uh, Greg Wilson had this really great piece of advice that he gave me years ago. And he was like, every two years, your status at a club changes. Like you'll know the booker for two years and then it changes. If you're out at a club, two years, it changes. Yeah. It feels like a big reset button has been pushed. Definitely. And everyone's like, oh, we're all, we're all at the start, starting line together. Yeah. So like, like guys like you, like this is, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to do this. This is in my head right now. This You are doing currently mm-hmm. what I've had in my head. Yeah. So now I get to again, look at you and go, oh, this is possible. That's what <laughs> I want to do. Absolutely. You're great for this uh, sort of uh, platform because, I mean, you're such a good talker and you just, you know, you're just so genuine in the way that you speak. And, uh, 
you know, I think uh, and you're very entertaining, you know, very funny. And so I think this is a good uh, platform for you. Um, I, you know, what you were saying about people either knowing the booker and then every two years, you know, they, you know, things change and stuff like that. Not only did a lot of people leave California, right, they, mm-hmm. to go elsewhere to do comedy or whatever they're going to do. But and a lot of people left the store. But then these big comics are getting like, you know, getting nailed, nailed. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I, I uh, <laughs> yeah, it's 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 funny. It's like it's it's when you think back on it, like I'll, I'll leave all names out just in case, you know, but like you would go to the store and you'd be like, man, these guys are getting a lot of girls. Like, wow. <laughs> and like, they're like, yeah, man, he blankety blank is a real, you know, he's a real hound. Right. And you're like, yeah, this guy's great with girls. Like a different end every week. And then suddenly like, Oh, I guess that wasn't so good. I guess you weren't supposed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But I always think about like, if I had made it, earlier yeah dude I, I i would be so out like, I would, I would, there's no chance there's no chance i wouldn't have done something stupid zero chance but luckily for me my lack of money and success stopped me from being yeah, yeah, yeah. given the opportunity to ruin myself so yeah yeah it's kind of like back when i was much younger i did a lot of drugs nice and well no well yeah yeah i'm fine that's what i always tell people like where's my story he did drugs now he's fine yeah but like it's only fine because I only had enough money to do what I did. Yeah. Like I, I couldn't go past right, the right, point of where I right. want to go because, yeah, yeah. but dude, if I would have had money, like I yeah, right. you, so you'd be talking to somebody else about me. Right. Maybe yeah. like that's because So right. you'd be a Belushi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Chris Farley. I would be a Belushi, but, uh, which Belushi would I be? Either one, either, either, <laughs> Belushi. but yeah, it's, it's, I think about that. Like I have, it's like, you kind of like, you wish you would have changed things in your life earlier, but at the same time, nah. Because like yeah. I, you're right. All the older comics though, I've noticed older. I've been thinking about this a lot. Older people don't like you want to offend some old person. Go cancel culture. Like they hate that. Oh my god, it, yeah, it yeah. gets upset. And like you know what young people hate what? when an old person complains about cancel culture. <laughs> like if you're, oh, it's, they're canceling yeah. people. The young people are like, ah, you racist. Or yeah, 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 you want to molest her. Like it's always like yeah, yeah. because there's nothing signals that you are not part of this younger generation than complaining about being morally righteous yeah, yeah. and young people love being morally righteous. Like they love it. And, uh, it's kind of easy now. Cause all of us have been, you know, trying to do like scam people and everyone, everyone's been trying to like, get laid. Yeah. Everyone's got demons in their closet yeah. and it's like, but there's no right. Answer. I, I was thinking about this. I think I know why older comics don't like cancel culture. And it's simply because they are not aware of where the line draw, where it sits until they violate it mm-hmm. until they say that thing that you're not supposed to say. And yeah. then they're found because there's no forgiveness. Right. At least I've not, I haven't seen any forgiveness. Like if somebody says something, uh, bad, you know, dastardly, yeah. then they're out, yeah. but there's no coming back in. Like I, I, unless I'm wrong, I haven't seen anyone come back in. Even like the one that was surprising me is Aziz Ansari. Mm-hmm. Aziz, like, I don't think he did anything wrong, but Man, he got, he lost like a year of his life to that, to his dad, the whole crisis that he had. And I was just like, okay, that's, that's the first time when I was like, this seems like a little bit off. But at the same time, uh, I think it's absolutely right. When what happened to him was totally right. And I, I'm not in any way, shape or form yeah. uh, siding with anyone who does anything wrong. But yeah. I know that because that's like, I don't want to have anyone go after me. Right. Cause I, people, you know, people, it's funny, but people still do like, cause I read all this, all those new talent shows. Uh, people who I've never met will be mean to me who I've never met, never met them. And I, and I'm like, why, who are you? 
And they're like, I know who you are. Everyone hates you. And I'm like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I had a phone call and I was like, everyone hates you. I'm like, who are you? Why do they hate me? Who are these people? Who? Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's something I wish I would have known. And it's, it's not who you interact with sometimes, but it's the fact of like, the people who never meet you, who hear about you. And because comics like the, Everyone likes to have an opinion about everybody. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they ever met them. Right. They'll just copy the opinion of yeah. somebody who they like and respect yeah. who has met them. Yeah. And so you, you run into these people who have a feelings about you, yeah. strong, emotional feelings. Yeah. They've never met you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, dude, I mean, everything shut down. If you want, I mean, we're stuck in, in, our, in our houses. What were yeah. you doing? I was, okay. So, okay. So during the pandemic, I did nothing, literally nothing. So I, I had one idea. And I wasn't able to do it. And I worked on it for like eight months, eight months. And it was simply this. I wanted to make online shows as good as regular shows. And so I knew people were doing them on Zoom. Yeah. And uh, no one liked it. Yeah. Uh, so I was like, there has to be a way to turn a Zoom audience into a regular audience. Yeah. And I identified what the problem was. The problem was that the Zoom audience has the same volume as the comedian. So everyone can be interrupted. Like they're all oh, the same. Oh, wow. That's yeah. the issue. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, well, that can't be a problem to solve. There's got to be some way that you could essentially take the incoming audio from the audience and then lower it to like yeah. 30%. So right. you can hear the audience as a whole, but individuals can't interrupt you. Right. It's impossible. Oh. I spent eight months researching it. Eight months looking everywhere. There's not one company that can figure it out. Well, there's, there's one. It's called NES Sweetwater. NEP Sweetwater. And for $20,000... Jesus. If you buy their LED monster wall, they have the hardware that will do that. The problem is latency. Latency, you can't process the audio inside like a meeting and bring it back to the same audio. It'll, it just goes oh. out of sync. Eight months I worked on it and I couldn't make it work. So I was doing nothing. I did no Zoom shows. So besides that, I taught myself piano, which was great. I, I enjoyed that. I taught myself some drums. And do YouTube videos? Did I do YouTube? Oh, yeah. Um, well, no. How did uh, you learn? Uh, so book? I, I have, well, I have a degree. I have two degrees in trumpet. So like I, I, I knew music. Okay. So I, I was able to like for piano, I just I got really lucky. I have a, a neighbor named Amanda and she she's friends with Andy Dick, who by the way, side note, is one of the funniest human beings I've ever met yeah. in my life. Yeah. When he is sober. <laughs> Which I have is never. Right? Well no no, no here's, here's the kind of thing. So he and Amanda yeah. were good friends. So I've oh. I've had the pleasure of multiple times meeting sober Andy Dick. Wow. And he is the funniest, friendliest, like right. like intimidatingly so. It, and like, I don't think he does stand up because I was like, he was doing some conversational thing and it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, dude, that's like the funniest thing I've heard. <laughs> do you do stand up? And he was like, eh, yeah, not really. And I was like, okay. Then I've never hung out with the other Andy Dick, the right. one that everyone seems to know, the yeah. crazy Andy Dick. Yeah, yeah. And I got, so, so for me, like, I think of Andy Dick as like the awesome, awesome gun words. Yeah. So Amanda, that's his good friend, who that's why he was hanging out with my neighbor. And she has, she's this amazing musician and she just was getting rid of a piano that she had. Uh -huh. And she, and I was like, Oh, and so she gave it to me. She wow. gave me her little keyboard. And so yeah. I was, I knew music. Yeah. And so I was able to just only had to practice the hand. And so I just started, I looked, I took some books yeah. and I was like, oh, I can do this. And then, Oh, cool. Yeah. And so I just, I got to play, so I, I played honky tonk piano and things like that. Oh, very cool. Yeah. But that's really all I did. And did I learn it well enough to do it professionally? No, no. So I kind of look at it like a, like a, a weird side thing I did for like eight months. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? What did you do? What did you, what did you do? You did this. You did, did you, this. Well, I learned how to do this. Yeah. How about that? Do YouTube videos. I, and, yeah. yeah. It's, it's funny. Like 
in the process of trying to do that with the zoom shift, I, I learned all these aspects like yeah. the lighting, three point lighting, yeah. how to do with the cameras, yeah, the OBS, yeah. all those parts. And it didn't, it still doesn't come natural to me. Mm-hmm. No. Like the one thing I did do, and I'm still going to keep doing it. I love is the online show. I love zoom shows. Cool. I regret, eh, it's not a strong word, but because I didn't, because I wasn't able to do it the way that I wanted to do it. Yeah. I refused to do it the way everyone was doing it. Oh. And I wish I had sooner because I, once I gave up, I was like, all right, it's over. I'll just do a zoom show. It was very enjoyable. I love how the dynamic is not like a comedy show. I enjoy the fact that I can talk to an audience for like an extended period of time. Yeah. Seriously. Like I can, yeah. if I, I have these bits about women and you can never in a club, it's like, go, hold on a second, guys. How do you actually feel? Women, how do you feel about this thing? And then have a, a conversation uh, yeah. and then really zoom in on like something and then go back out into being funny. Uh, but for some reason with Zoom shows, the dynamic existed. You can go serious back to comedy to serious. Whereas you can never do it at a club. Like mm. people would be like, Oh, I'm bored. So <laughs> the extent, the attention span is so long. Oh, okay. Also the other part was zoom. All online shows still work. This is something that I don't think comics think about, but I did. And it's simply this. I did zoom shows in Florida and in Texas after both places opened up. And I had the same response as when I was doing shows in places that are locked down. People will go to Zoom shows forever, forever. And the reason it's meaningful is you pick a city that you're not really set up in and you market towards that city and you'll get people who will go to your Zoom show. Now, you don't need that. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. My phone. It's okay. Uh, you do that and all you have to do is you can build up a base in any city without having to actually tour there first. Okay. And then once you have enough people, you can then go to a venue and be like, hey, I got, I got people. Or like Michael Q was telling me, rent a theater. So that's what, that's my new, my new project is I'm picking these cities. I'm doing Zoom shows in the cities to build up the base. And then I know from like live shows, like how many people I need to have on a list before I can count on just that list to fill it up. Yeah. And so I'm going to do it that way. Cool. And so it's, and it turns out in Austin, there's a place called the Creek in the Cave, mm-hmm. which is owned by the people who owned in New York, the Creek in the Cave, which was in Astoria, Queens, where I used to live. Oh, wow. So it's like. All these things are happening. Like I, I now have a way to go on tour that I never thought about. Like literally go on tour online, yeah, build it up and then go there in person. And it's That's awesome. It's a, it's made the pandemic great. Yeah. I mean, I hate saying that, but like, it's like, it was frustrating when I was doing nothing and wasn't able to make things work. But weirdly enough, near the end, all these kind of projects that I hadn't been able to work are kind of feeding in together. Like, yeah. Because I, I tried to make that online show work. I had to learn about lights. I had yeah. to learn about sound. I had to right. learn why sound didn't work, yeah. but I learned it. Yeah. And so now I'm able to do these parts and I can, I can, I can, I'm more facile with things such as like, you know, production that yeah. I ever would have been had things gone well yeah. in the pandemic. And so, and you, and it seems like you've also taught yourself. Yeah. Did you know how to do everything before this? Well, you know, I knew a lot of the audio stuff from DJing. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. Of so, course, yeah, yeah, that came uh, pretty easy, yeah. you know, and then just incorporating it with the video. Do you still DJ at all? Um, you know, or just myself. How, do, how is it? <laughs> so I just, uh, I bought a virtual DJ, the most recent oh, cool. one. Oh, yeah, my yeah. Lord, it nice. is better. Yeah, fun? Do, do, have you yeah. heard of, they can do things called, do you know when I say stems, if you heard of stems, it's like where they'll take a song, they'll, they'll play yeah. every track. Yeah, yeah. I would have killed for that back when I was like DJing as like for a living like that would have made DJing so easy. I used to hear, I remember hearing about like, um, vinyl guys would be like, it's so easy to DJ now. And I'd be like, whatever. 
But now it's like so much easier <laughs> now than it was even when I was doing it. But virtual DJ, the new one, it's phenomenal. Uh-huh. You can just like, I used to do mashups. I was a mashup DJ. Like, oh, okay, you know, cool. Oh my God, it's so yeah, easy yeah. now. I was like, boop, boop, boop. <laughs> yeah. And so it's, it's funny. I, I actually, I was looking at consoles, DJ consoles, and I, they're all uh, they're all advanced. And I was like, wait mm-hmm. a second here. What did I used to use? And I had to go on eBay like to like the use, 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 use section. But I found my old console. Uh-huh. I bought it for like 25 bucks. You did? Yeah. And it works perfectly uh, still. Oh, so sure. like I was able to, so now I'm bringing it back for comedy shows. And cool. Yeah, I love it. Very cool. Yeah. No, I, you I know, Jelsa, I wrote it was like a, the one thing I never was able to do something you could do. And I think Jack Jr. could do also, which was the voice. Yeah. I can't do that. Yeah. That, that DJ voice, man. <laughs> I was never able I was never able to make it work. Yeah. I don't know why. But you, I know you could do it. You had that. <laughs> oh. Didn't you work at a club for a while? A strip club? You got me an audition. Oh, okay. And I, you know, it's funny. <laughs> I, I, I only think I did the, no, I went there. I went down there and I don't think they listened to me or I think I didn't do well, but it's because I didn't do the voice. Oh, okay. I was like, all right, coming to the stage next, we have a <laughs> diamond and there's going to be two for ones, guys. Guys, fellas, we got, come on, please, please, somebody. That's hilarious. These ladies need some, some love. Did you want to hear something crazy? One of the uh, owners at one of the clubs I used to work at, he's now doing stand up. Really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So you should. Yes, that's great. Have you been? Have you been working with him? Help him out. No, I mean I just seen him online. You know, um, he was probably like a maybe like a year or two in before the shutdown. Oh yeah. Right. So he's like still a newbie. You know, and uh, you know he was doing a lot of big mic shows before. Oh, uh, man. Yeah. Rest in peace. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I can't believe that. That's I know. I I like uh I I was uh when I found out he you know he's gone. I was looking at his Facebook page and there was a Bruce Jingles because uh-huh. I didn't know how close those two were. Yeah, uh, I didn't know either. Yeah, I mean, they're they're super close. But oh, like okay. uh, Bruce had, uh, he just gave like kind of an update about Mike and it made me happy because it was like Mike had met somebody and he had moved and he was like he was happy at the end. Like it's like I don't know. It's, there's never it's never good when someone dies, but right. like but I feel like he didn't he didn't go out bad. Like he went out on yeah. top. Like he had met yeah. someone. He was happy. They were nice. together. And it's like yeah, it's great. So it's like as because it's. He hustled so hard, he man. Like I, I get so bummed at like how the people who work the hardest I've noticed do not get. Nope. You know, it's like, and I get it because he was an older black guy, and which is just not what you know young comedy likes. But man, he, he, that's what he did. Like he, to, in my mind, he made it. Like I was, I was talking to this guy, uh, comic Dean Larratt. I don't know if you know Dean. Dean's a good guy. Been around forever. Been around for a long, 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 long okay. time. And when I met him, he was like very New York sounding. I don't know how to explain uh, it. But when I first met him, I was like, he sounded so much like New York that I was like, this guy must be full of shit. <laughs> but like, he's a very wise guy. Just yeah. real smart. And we were talking recently and he goes, you made it, Matt. And I'm like, no, what are you talking about? He goes, dude, what have you been doing? I'm like, nothing but comedy for like the last 18 years. He goes, you made it. That's and awesome. I'm like, yeah, I did make it. And I look at Mike, like Mike, Mike made it. Mike made it happen the whole time. 100%. Yeah. I agree with that. You know, I, I tell people all the time that, you know, I've been out in LA since 2000. Oh yeah. 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 And I'm still here. And that's what I consider making it. It is. It you is. You know it. how hard this city is to, to live in and to, <laughs> to, to last. You know what I mean? You, you were saying how much you like it out here. Well, so do I, yeah. I really like it out here. And for me, in order for me to, to, to stay out here and to be doing what we're doing, I, I consider me making it. Yeah. It's weird. Cause it's, it's one of those realizations that you can only have once you're that far into comedy. It's like, oh, that is all I've been doing. And then it's, someone's like, yeah, you should start appreciating more. And I'm like, yeah, I guess I should. 
I guess I should, because like on my life on paper has, is exciting. Yeah. I did all these yeah. crazy things and yeah. very cool. I DJed for a living for two years out of nowhere for no reason. That's awesome. But I never allowed myself to enjoy it. I was always like, what? I was always very focused on what wasn't happening in my life. And well, the downside is I didn't enjoy things much, but that, that feeling of lack did move me forward. So it's like, yeah. I kind of wish I could have kept the drive that came from like that kind of, you know, yeah. jealous resentment. Yeah. Yeah. And like my, my, my brother actually had a, a really great uh, a description of how to use jealousy. And he goes, if you don't know what you want to do in life and you're feeling aimless, ask yourself, who are you jealous of? Mm. Because that's really what you want to do. So, and I was like, and I've, I've, it's helped because sometimes I'm like, I don't know what I want to do. So I go, who, who am I pissed at right now? Who do I feel doesn't deserve what they're getting? Yeah. And then I'm like, oh, I guess that's what I want to do. Yeah. And yeah. it's been helping me out. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. It's, it's, a, really cool. it's like a positive spin on jealousy. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, eh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe. You know? No, I like that. I like that. Yeah. Cause I feel the same way too. Like I, you know, I'm all for that, you know, like not patting yourself on the back and just like, you know, putting your head down and, and working harder, you know what I mean? And you know, if that motivates you, if you're still like, you know, I'm still a piece of shit, you know, and I still need to do all these things. Well, if that's the way you're going to get motivated and you're going to kick yourself in the ass and that's going to make you work harder then go for it. You know, I, I am of that exact opinion. I think that is a very much a East coast you know, maybe not West Coast opinion, just because I have noticed that people out here now, this is not a judgment on anybody or anything like that. It's just a different mindset. But like, it's more important that you seem like you're doing it easily, that you seem like you're gliding through life, that it seems like it's fun. Whereas for me, it's like, no, do the work. Like if someone's going to like, like out here, if you yell at somebody that you're the bad guy. Yeah. Even if the person dropped the ball, even if the person did something wrong, the fact that you yelled at them is the more important thing. But, but in New York, like people yell at you. Yeah. Just, if you did something stupid, yeah. they yelled at you yeah. and then it was done. Like they yelled at you and then right. you were friends afterwards. Like yeah. you stupid idiot, you know, yeah. I'm fucking do it again. I'll fire you. I'm right. beating yourself. And right. then it's like, okay, all right. Yeah. And then they let it go. Yeah. But out here, that does not seem to be um, the right way to be. Now there's neither. I don't think either side's better. I just think that I like my, I like my, put the head down, do the work yeah. and then you can congratulate yourself on accomplishments, but not on who, you know, right. not on how things are going, but just on the work you've done. Yeah. And I, I don't know if that's the right mindset out here. I really don't, but I can't help it. So mm -hmm. I hope, hopefully there'll be enough people like us Yeah. and then we'll all, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, you know, I, I, it's, it's tough, man. You're just like one of those people that, you know, you don't, you know, congratulate yourself and you just you know, you just, you work harder and that's what you do. And it drives you. Yeah. Keeps you going. Yeah. It's, it's, I'm, I'm tired a lot now. That's the craziest thing. I, I used to hear people say when they got older, they would lose a step, right? Like things get harder and all that. But like, I am getting tired now, which is the weirdest thing in the world. Like I will, I will never let myself sleep if I have work to do. Like I will just keep going. Yeah. And, and like, I guess like when I turned, I'm 42. So like when I turned, I don't know. 42, sure, maybe somewhere around there. I, I stopped being able to push myself to complete things. Like, I don't have to describe it other than I would get so tired I couldn't think. And I'd be like, all right, you know what? I'm going to go to sleep. But before I used to be like, I can just do it and keep pushing, through, get more coffee, push through. You know, I'll go to sleep tomorrow when the cycle gets back on. I'm a <laughs> champion. And now my body's like, you know, you're going to bed. Yeah. You're going to bed right now. Yeah. And it's, well, actually, no, my, my body still goes, no, you could totally try go for it. But then my brain's like, no, you go to bed. Like, you're not, I would just sit there and I would like, I'd have to do something like, I'd have to like send an email and I was like to the audience, right? To check them in. I'd say, hey guys, hey, good show, right? 
And that's a simple thing. That's a simple thing I've done a thousand times. And I would just sit there and I was just like, what am I supposed to do next? And then I would realize this shouldn't be difficult. Like I should just be able to autopilot. And I've realized that when we get really tired, we tire taking shortcuts that actually end up taking more time. Like instead of just, all right, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to wake up early and get this done. I'm like, I'm going to try to get this done now. And yeah. it, is, it makes like a task that was like 30 minutes, two hours. Yeah. And then it's simple things like that. Like where before it's like my old mindset was right for my old mind. Yeah. And now it's like, I have to adjust a little bit. Yeah. But you know, I don't know. I get that. I just, I'm just getting older. <laughs> and you know, the thing I complain is why is it not getting, getting older is not getting better. You know, it's like, you know, it's like shouldn't we be getting better? <laughs> I, I think about this all the time. If I meet God, I'm going to have a laundry list of complaints. I want to be like, what's up with everything got harder. Like, I feel that there should be a second puberty. There should be something that there should be things that we look forward to as we go like, man, you're 70. You can yeah. see in the dark or bullshit like that. Yeah, like yeah. something be nicer. Uh-huh. Or like at least I, I think about like uh, how everyone is afraid of young people. I think young people are kind of aware of this, but like older people are scared to death of millennials scared to death because one there, there's more millennials. Like, I think millennials and the Gen Z look at older people like, why are you guys still here? <laughs> like, why are you alive? Like, what is the point <laughs> of this? Like, you're just in the way. Yeah. And I'm surprised that we allow it. Cause, cause we, we very much worship youth, you yeah. know, like everyone's young, young, good, young, good, young, good. Yeah. But young people are stupid. <laughs> They're just so dumb. Yeah. And like, like I was thinking like, we should just be able to trick them. I really <laughs> think like old people need to get together and be like, all right, it's time to just, just we're gonna make these young people work for us somehow. Like, let's go. Let's get a draft again. We need a draft to thin them out a little bit. Yeah, you know? yeah. And like, have you ever like? I was. I, I I thought that when I heard a young person lie to me, and I knew what he was lying about. Like I was like, dude, I've done. I know exactly what you're doing. I lied like that ten years ago. You're not fooling me. And that's why I realized like, young people can't fool us. We've heard the crap already. Like they yeah. they are they are new versions of us. Yeah. Yeah. So we should trick them. Yeah. I don't know why. We've got to figure something out. Like, like the older is, like, what do they say? Like, 40 is the new 20. We should yeah. just make it like 20 sucks. This yeah, is, yeah. You can't wait to 50 or 70. 70 <laughs> should be like the goal. Yeah. 70. Yeah. You know, I, my friend Craig always says old is 20 years older than what you are. Mm. So I was like, yeah, so maybe 70. <laughs> 70 would be perfect. Something like that. Like when you get old, wouldn't that be great? Yeah. Like you turn 80. Yeah. If you make it to 80, everything should be free. Yeah. My mom, my mom's 79. She does uh my mom's brilliant. My mom's like smarter than I ever will be, but she knows how everyone feels always. But I think she just can read a room like crazy. Like she can do like cold reading. You know, like when someone like John Edwards, like, oh, someone hears grandfather's, you know, it seems like they're psychic. Yeah. But they're just reading it. My mom can do that. Wow. My brother, my brother can too. It's amazing. But my mom can play it so well. Like she had a, it's funny, the IRS, like she, she's, uh, she did our taxes too, not too long ago. And she was like, all right, I may have taken something as a credit and as a deduction. I'm like, mom, you can't do that. She's like, I know, <laughs> but I'm so old. I'll just tell them I got confused. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's like, and then uh, what happened is she got a, she was supposed to get a refund. Uh-huh. And so she's like, I was supposed to get a $4,000 refund, but they gave me $1,400. I was like, what'd you do? Mom? I was like, I called them. <laughs> like you did? I was like, yeah. What happened? They gave me back my money. <laughs> I'm like, why? What did you say? I just told them I was old. Yeah. And I was like, would you do that to your mother? And I was like, yeah. that's brilliant. Yeah. Like, so she just, she, I, I like those kind of things. Like she knows how to use her age. That's awesome. And I, I think I look at that like, that's something I want to try at some point. Yeah. Absolutely. I haven't, I've, uh, I've tried it before, but it doesn't work. I've tried to do like, I'm old and things confuse me, but they're yeah. like, you're not old. I can just tell. <laughs> or one time I remember, uh, I claim, I can claim, I don't want to share it, but this one guy was very at a bank. I was at a bank and uh, the ATM 
ate my check. I wow. was depositing a check and I needed that check to oh, go through. Yeah. So I went inside and the manager looked at me. I was like, and did not help me. Wow. Like he, I, he looked at me went, hmm. and he was like, maybe I don't believe you. I'm like, dude, okay. I've been a bank <laughs> member here or whatever the hell is. For the and so I was like, and he was like, well, well I'm going to help you. And I realized, oh, you're being racist. Ugh. You're being, because he wasn't white, dude. You're being racist. And I was like, thank you. Uh-huh. And then I called, I was like, as I'm there, I'm like, I called uh, my bank and I was like, I may, I'd like to experience uh, some racism. Yeah. By the way, if you ever call any corporation and say there's a, you've had any kind of discrimination, you immediately go right up the ladder of customer service. Wow. And I'll never forget it because I'm on the phone with this lady and she's listening to my voice. Yeah. And I'm, I'm complaining about this racist interaction I had, which it was, yeah. it was, but it's, I'm a white guy. Yeah. And you could tell that she was listening to my voice. Like, why, why is he complaining about racism? Yeah. And as they, they made everything right. But I was like, Oh, I get it now. I get it. It was the first time I'd experienced racism uh-huh. and I used it to my own advantage, which I feel terrible about. Cause I was telling my girlfriend, I was like, dude, this racism <laughs> thing is great. And she's like, shut up. I'm like, no, it's, it's phenomenal. I was, I was able to get things. And she's like, <laughs> that's cause you had one interaction that was racist. <laughs> that was it. One. And I was like, yeah, well, you know, how many happen usually? And she was like every moment of every day. I was like, okay. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. I, I, I've become this pandemic has really opened my eyes to how race is in America. Cause yeah. my girlfriend's, you know, she's black. Mm-hmm. So she is very, it's been a very sensitive time yeah. right now. And I finally, the one I've been trying to make is a joke. I can't really make it a joke, but I finally understand what white privilege is. Like this is, and the, the joke I've been trying to do is that white people don't know what that means. Cause if you ever say white privilege to a white dude, they're always like, well, I don't have any white privilege. Like they always act like it's like that, that the other person is assuming that they're like getting money out of nowhere yeah, and, and right. shit's happening. That's yeah, like yeah. benefits, but that's not what it means. Right. It just means we don't have to think about race. Right. And if I'd finally hit me like, Oh, that's cool. And so I've been trying to make that a joke and I, I can't make it work yet. I'm trying to like, a, the idea is I'm trying to make people feel patient uh-huh. about white people because like, it's like a, I hear a lot like, why do I have to adapt? Like if this white guy, why do I have to be patient for him? And it's like, because you have to, because white people are very sensitive and get, we don't like, we don't like when people don't believe us. It's always like, we need that patience. If you want us to change, we need the patience. And one of those things is like, like white privilege. Yeah. Like it's literally a, a slip of language that it just needs, white people just need to know. It's not, it doesn't mean you're getting a benefit. It just means you don't have to think about race. And that took me literally two years wow. of all the time hearing about white privilege until I finally was like, Oh, I get it. Now. <laughs> I get it. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Thank you. Though. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's this time right now. I mean, did you hear what happened to uh Tony Hinchcliffe? I did. Yeah, I did. I didn't see the video, but I don't, <laughs> I'm not a, you know, <laughs> I like Tony Hinchcliffe. Yeah. I'll just, or so I'll say right now <laughs> for this, I like everybody. That's another thing. I'm very positive on all comedians. Yeah. But, you know, in terms of, am I surprised? Like maybe you shouldn't, maybe right. you shouldn't in this atmosphere say what you're right. saying. Like maybe you should just not do that. Right. Like in, but when you, did you, did you watch it? Like I've heard about it. Yeah. It seems like he was being obvious that uh-huh. he was kidding. Uh-huh. But he was mean. Yeah. That's that's my understanding of it. How do you feel about it? He was just being himself. So, yeah. 
that's 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 that seems like it. Like I've seen a few things with comics where you you either hear about what they said or you'll read about it, and you're like, yeah, it's just you can hear their voice, right? And you're like, oh yeah, of course they're kidding, right? But then you know the world has. My mom always says the world has no sense of humor, right? This has saved me a lot. Yeah, the world has no sense of humor. Yeah, you're on stage, it has a sense of humor, but mm. never joke, right. never kid, and always be aware. Yeah, always. Yeah. So whatever happened, has there been fallout from that? Yeah. Yeah. His, uh, his agent, his management team dropped him. And, uh, you know, he had uh, tour dates with uh, Joe Rogan to open for him because that's it. And that, and they're not doing, he's not doing that? Because yeah. Rogan, you know, it seems to me would have no problem with everything Tony <laughs> said. Like, God bless Joe Rogan. He is a nice person <laughs> who I respect a lot. Yeah. But at the same time, I, you know, <laughs> just gonna, you know, draw your own conclusion about Joe Rogan. He's a good man yeah. who may or may not think thoughts that are very wrong. <laughs> and he's so big and scary that you're never going to argue with him. Because yeah. like, could you imagine? Right. Hey, Joe Rogan, you're full of shit about this. Like, right. yeah, it would never happen because yeah. it's like you, no one. He's yeah. just, but I don't know. I look at the whole, that whole group of people is like, all right, you know, <laughs> They weren't, they weren't exactly the friendliest people in the world. So it's like, all right, <laughs> they moved to Texas. Fine. Cool. Yeah. And then they convinced all these other comics to move out to Texas mm-hmm. with them. Yeah. And like, I always just keep going like, they're not going to stay there. Cause like Texas is very unpleasant <laughs> in the summertime. Like, Oh my Lord. Oh my Lord. Everyone who moved to Austin, you deserve what you're about to get. You deserve it. And I think it was a, um, what's her name? Rachel Wilson mm-hmm. had a really funny little thing where she's like, you know, everyone who leaves has got to audition when yeah, they come yeah, back. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I like that. That's, that's, that's funny. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I can't believe everyone's, what's happening in Austin now is just like what happened in Minneapolis. Uh, sorry. Yeah. Minneapolis. That's what the Acme, Acme comedy company is. Yeah. Uh, I'm not talking about any Minneapolis recently. That's been different, but like <laughs> that, but like 10 to 15 years ago, yeah. every idiot in comedy was like, Minneapolis has got the scene, man. They've got the scene. It's like, it's, you understand it's brilliant. It's all these guys. It's like, no, it's not. It's, it's an okay scene. There's one club and there's a few good people. You think they're amazing because you're a brand new idiot yourself, <laughs> but it's not, it's never going to be LA. It's yeah. never going to be New York. Yeah. I think that's what got me in trouble. I think in San Diego was me telling people it's never going to be LA. like why San Diego was trying to build itself up to be like, we're going to be this big comedy city. It's like, dude, it's never going to happen. <laughs> LA is literally next door. Yeah. No one's going to come here. Like that's, oh, actually, no, I, I'm sorry. What happened was I brought an agent down and he said that to them. Really? <laughs> yeah. And then they didn't like that. But it was, it's truly, it's a truthful statement though. Like certain things aren't going to happen. You can't just, you can't just follow somebody and hope like Austin's going to be the new thing. It's like, oh, cause you were struggling in LA. Is that why? And, and you need to start over again. That doesn't work. You just, you have to just pause yeah, and then accept it yeah. and go back out there. Like, yeah, yeah. but we all, everyone would rather move than and try again. But like, there's like a Jay-Z lyric. It's like, no matter where you go, there you are. And it's like, dude, it's like, you are who you are no matter what. Yeah. Like it's, you got to just stop and be like, all right, things aren't working so well. Right. Acknowledge it and adapt. Yeah. And you can't just hope, well, maybe if I'm in a different city. Yeah. That's maybe my ideal people, they just don't live near me. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Mm, no, no. You, everyone <laughs> is, everyone reacts to you how you are. It's, yeah. That was, but also it's, that's one of those things you only learn from unpleasant realization. Like. I never wanted to adapt. Like when I moved to LA, I didn't want to have to change who I was. I liked who I was. I thought I was the right way to act. It took life smacking me in the face a few times for me to realize, oh, I am not doing it the right way. 
I, and then I had to stop and go like, all right, what am I doing? Like what's actually happening? And that's a very hard. It's very difficult to like look inside and, and go, what about what I am doing is wrong? And what about what I'm doing is right? Because it's hard because everything that you do, every, I, I believe everything that someone does that's good and admirable is also linked to the things that are self-destructive and bad. You know, like you can be a, a hustler who does their own thing, who doesn't take no for an answer and is like pushing. But at the same time, that same person is not going to listen to good advice. Yeah. They're not going to be a team player. Yeah. And so it's, it's hard to kind of actually you know, like, like to cut out the parts that aren't working yeah. because you can also look at them and go, well, there are, there's positive things that are, they led to as well. And it's, 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 it's difficult because you know, reflection is difficult. Like any yeah. kind of introspection is hard because I don't know about you, but I've never learned how to do it. Like I did, I, I wish there was like a book, how to look inside and learn what's right and wrong and adapt. But th- <laughs> I don't think that exists. Or maybe, maybe like it's the Bible, man. It's the Bible. <laughs> but so you have to do it yourself and it's, yeah. it's just, it's difficult. And so we would rather blame other people. I know I would love to be able to point out all the things that didn't work out in my life and be like, that was because of that guy <laughs> and that guy. Yeah. But really, it's, it's yeah. never. It's always because I didn't navigate it correctly right, because right. I yeah. allowed myself to make the wrong choice. Or, or, sure. or well, I think every failure yeah. can have this line in it. I allowed myself to have this happen yeah. because everything that I thought was taken from me by someone who's dishonest or, or any kind of I was stopped – it's because I put myself in that yeah. position. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, multiple times it, yeah. it wasn't like I learned from the first time I allowed myself to get taken advantage of. It was or the second, it, it took so many times until I hit the point where I was like, if it happened again, I, I, I would be homeless. Then I was like, all right, I got to adapt. And so it's much, it's very difficult. And, and it's, it's one of the things you don't want to do, but you know, you do it and then, and then hopefully things get better. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> No, I mean, that's great. You take accountability, you know, and so do I. And I don't blame other people for, you know, anything that happened to me. I blame myself, you know. That DUI that I got, it's my fault. It's, you know, I was going 115 (laughs) down to 101. Damn. You know, after a show, after, you know. In in LA traffic too? That's amazing. (laughs) How did you, how did you even pull that one off? (laughs) You know, like uh, Dante, Dante Chang, he's built, you know, his store, his store got looted. During yeah, the riot, it was so sad, dude. He's yeah, I heard uh, about that. I was angrier than he was. Like I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I they was took like, your Jordans. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I was like, because we were watching it, and I'm like, wait, this area looks no, yeah. no, 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 oh no, oh no, oh yeah. no. And he never got bothered at That's all. That's what I heard. Like it was, yeah. it was. He has um, just the best attitude on earth for that. Dude, like God it's, bless him, dude. Really? I, yeah, yeah. He's he's. He, he, I would have been pissed. I would have been pissed. <laughs> he, and he never was. He was yeah. just like, I, I, yeah. I have yet to see him get upset and yeah. at anything. Yeah. He made that like one of the best things that ever happened to him. Like he was able to, he took, he took a very big lemon and he turned it into his own studio. Yeah, like yeah. he, he took that opportunity to fix things and he made it into like, he has like a private studio more or less. He built all these That's rooms. Awesome. Like, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. And I'm, I'm just amazed by that. Like I'm, I'm always impressed when anyone, anyone can, can take something that's negative and just, just, oh, I'm going to use this. I'm going to yeah, use it. Yeah. And it's, I know it's the right way to be, but it's so difficult. You took the pandemic and made it into a, oh. <laughs> yeah, for those dude. of you at home, this place is amazing. Oh, in case thanks, you're curious, 
I feel now it's like, man, I should be doing better in life. I should not be this impressed. I don't think it's like, <laughs> this is, I mean, yeah, this is great, but this is great. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Thanks man. Yeah, No problem. I appreciate it. I love the cameras over there. Like the old, right. Old cameras. My dad got those at a garage sale. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was, uh, you hanging tried, that to him. Have you ever tried to use uh, one of those old cameras with film? Like, ah, it's impossible to make. <laughs> my uncle's a photographer. I got, I've, I have, I have my own movie studio worth of equipment now. Oh, he cool. gave me everything. Really, really, like the like, unfairly handed me things. Like, oh wow! Hey, would you like a world's world's best lenses? Uh, yes, please. Here you go. Wow. Here's this one and this one. And then, would you like to learn how to use them? Yeah. Here, I'll show you how oh. to do. Like, like everything you could ask for, and. Except film, he had to deal with film, and a film is just like a boo. Yeah, like I've heard yeah. about it. Like I was like, no, thank you. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, I f I kind of feel like a fraud because you know I I got into photography and uh, videography when it became easy. You know what I mean? Kind of like Paris Hilton got into DJing when it was like hit this button and that's you're when a I DJ. got into DJing. Also, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd well, use vinyl. Like Jesus Christ, that sounds difficult. <laughs> How did, did you push it? Like, how did you beat match? <laughs> well, we got these. Like, what did you, they, you, you push yeah. a button, right? <laughs> oh, you're just like, well, that sucks. But yeah. yeah I, I, uh, I think I saw you have a drone. Yeah. That's, I have this belief that all aliens are just drones. <laughs> it's just drones that we just, I mean, it's, they look like, like the, all the circular. It's just drones. Yeah. I think yeah. that that's area 51 was just research for drones. Yeah. Yeah. So everyone's like, you know, like, like, all these aliens. Like, have you noticed that in the, there's tons of articles, tons of news stories about all these things that they're seeing in the sky and the military is releasing all these videos. Yeah. And, and like head of the Israeli uh, uh, Space Force was like, yes, they're real. Our old head of our Space Force. Yeah, everyone's saying they're real. Hmm. I just think that there's drones. Mm -hmm. It's like, all right. Do you think there's aliens? Yeah. Yeah? yeah. I don't think so. No? Yeah. Or if they are, I think maybe my cats could be aliens. Because every once in a while I'll say aliens, <laughs> and then the two cats will look at each other. <laughs> and then they'll like just keep going with what they're doing. I'm like, what the hell was it then? <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I don't think there's aliens. But if there are aliens, uh, who knows? Right? Yeah. Let's just hope that they're all white, right? Hmm? Huh? <laughs> <laughs> could you imagine if the aliens show up, they're all, you know, not white? <laughs> We're fucked, right? Yeah. No. Well, the white guys are at yeah. least. <laughs> <You> <laughs> We're, are. We're screwed. But uh, that's... So what makes you uh, come to that? Have you always th thought that? Or With the aliens? Yeah. Mm, yes and no. I always wanted there to be aliens. When I was younger, I role-played. I love fantasy. I like science fiction. All those things were me. And I always wished there were better movies. And then suddenly all these good movies came out that were like, uh, you know, like comic movies. And I realized I don't believe those things anymore. Like, I don't think that if there were aliens... They, we would know there would be some interaction. It wouldn't just be like, oh, they just showed up now. Yeah. Just now, right? Yeah, just now they showed up. It's like, but we had no the no inkling of them before. I just don't, I don't see it. There's this thing called the Fermi paradox or something, which is about maybe space is so big mm -hmm. and time is so long that even if there were aliens, the odds of them existing now close enough to meet us are like zero. Cause like, like I, I have a big, uh, I love, I love physics. I love anything to do with astronomy. I don't know what it is. I don't know anything about it. It all makes no sense. I think there are half of them are making it up. I really do. <laughs> I really believe like some of it makes sense, but I really think half of it is just, there's no one who can check on this. Let's just agree. <laughs> there's nothing. Who would he, Cause if some astronomer goes like, all right, listen, this is a, this is a planet made out of diamonds. 
Yeah. Yeah. The plans may not die because right. this and this reason that right. all are BS. Who's going to argue like, with that? Yeah, yeah. Who's going to argue You ask another astronomer? Right. Oh, you're going to be like, yeah, yeah. yeah Did yeah. you say diamonds? Yeah, totally diamonds. Diamonds. <laughs> it's like, it's just. And, and I was like, all right, I, I just don't see it. But also, uh, I think the one thing is like, if there are aliens, God, I hope we don't meet them. <laughs> I really do. Cause oh, same here. It's like. Well, there's, we have a very, there's a long precedent that's been set of when the more advanced culture meets the less advanced culture. Yep. They don't hug them and go, hey, here's time for yep. fun yep. advancements. They're like, yep. yeah, we're going to rape well, these people. Well, I'm a product of that. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's when the Spaniards came over and said hi to the, you yeah, know, You look so Americans. good. There's some Spaniard in the past that was like a good looking. <laughs> no, uh, no, and then he he fancied uh, an Aztec and said, hey, you know what? He fancied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's it's funny is like, this is true. Uh, my family uh. on my mom's side were slaves. Yeah. No, it's just true. They, they were Slovaks in, in Eastern Europe. The Slovaks were the slaves. There's Czechs and the Slovaks. Slovaks were slaves. Not like indigenous servants. were slaves. And uh, when I found that out. Who oh, enslaved them? The Czechs. Okay. So, and those Czechs, man. Yeah. Who do you think they are? I, apparently, they thought they were the people who enslaved. Mm. And the thing is that... Um, what year was this? It was like the 1500s, like forever ago. Mm. Like it has, it's not like it was recently. It's way a long time ago. I, when I found that out, I was like, oh man, this is awesome. I can, I can finally tell black people. I was also a slave. I have been trying for years to make that work on stage. And just, yeah, yeah, just not even close. Not even, <laughs> not even. Ian Edwards actually had like the funniest Make idea. Make sure I go before you if you're ever going to try out that bit, Matt. Well, no, it's, it's like they all look, they all the same. They look at like, 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 like my slavery in my past wasn't as good. And Ian Edwards made the point, like how hard could it have been to escape if you're a white slave? You just put on a hat. Now you're the guy who has a slave. I was like, that's a good point. Yeah, you're right. But it was, it's, uh, I always think about that. Like, like, I don't know. I always also think about like, People who try to like, um, I, I had a funny thing. This one person was at uh, one of my shows and he was like, I want 40 acres and a mule, right? Like it was, that was uh, some, uh, black audience member. And I was just like, I don't think I would want that. Like that is the offer because apparently we offered them that we didn't, you know, we didn't go through, but like, but would you want that? Would you want your 40 acres and a mule? Like I would have a dead mule and a bunch of dirt. That's if I had to, cause they gave it to me. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know how to take care of a mule. That would be the worst thing ever. You're ta talking to somebody that takes a free sample at Costco just cause it's free. Dude. I, my <laughs> mother. more, but oh, yeah, 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 work, so my mom, I've been trying to make this a joke and I can't, but my mother is a very proper woman. Like, like when she emails me, she ends up with your mother, you know, <laughs> like when you say mother, yeah. ma mother, it's a very proper. Oh. My mom is uh, sweet, wonderful, but she likes to steal at Costco. <laughs> she loves to go to Costco. We'll get samples. Let's okay. go get samples. Yeah. And we'll go. And my mom will like send me out like to hustle. She'll be like, <laughs> all right, Matthew, you go there yeah. and go get one. While you're doing that, I'm going to grab another one. <laughs> like my mom, I'll set a pick for my mom. Yeah, yeah. And then I notice all old people <laughs> love Costco. Like, like, I don't know what it is. Like they treat you. Don't steal. Yeah. Don't be rude. Yeah, don't yeah. push or shove unless you're in Costco yeah. and you have samples and then like you'll get trampled. Yeah. But I, true. I love going, I love going though. Yeah. Because like if I ever need to get like a, uh, to improve like my ability to speak up for myself or be aggressive, I just go watch my mom <laughs> go through. Cause like she will just, she doesn't give a fuck yeah. at all. She will just, I want more. She'll, she'll go to the same person. Yeah. Balls. I'll be like, um, yeah, I'd like to have another one of those. And I'm like, did she just get one? No. <laughs> They'll look at her and she'll just look at him. I just, it's just, and then the second she's away, she's like, I don't even want it. And she's wow. like, why, why do you do it? So she, but she loved it. 
So I like it too. I want to do that. That's, that's, I want to have the confidence of a senior citizen at Costco. Yeah, yeah. That is like that should be like a magical superpower. <laughs> like a heart of lion, courage of senior citizen at Costco <laughs> taking samples. Yeah, yeah. Those those samples are good though, dude. I I love Costco. I love Costco as well. I'm a member. <laughs> cheapest gas on earth. There you do, go. You, do you get your gas? You got to get yeah. if you if you have a membership, go get your gas at Costco. Yeah. It's like 80 cents cheaper. Right. Like I'll, it's worth just making a trip. My mom will yeah. be like, you need to get some gas. I'm like, yes, mom, I need some gas. She's like, we'll go together. I'm like, ah, oh, okay. Cause whenever you drive with any family member, at least I, in my family, I don't know about yours, but my family, you can't drive slow enough. Like it just didn't bother me. Matthew, it says 25 miles yeah. speed limit. Like mom, I mean, I'm going like nine. She's like, just take your foot off the gas. <laughs> no, I know. That's how my dad is. He's uh 79 as well. Oh yeah. Yeah. So he's up there too, man. And, uh, yeah, he's a control freak, so he only likes to drive. So, you know. Yeah, is is he, uh, my mom was a lifelong Democrat until Trump. Then she became a Republican, which is such an odd thing. So, like, cause my mother has changed. As she's gotten older, uh, she's, and, but the thing is, she's very self-aware. So she understands, like, I get bothered by it. She's like, <laughs> Matthew, I understand, that, you know. When you're young, you're supposed to be a Democrat, but then you get older and you learn things and then you cease being stupid and you become a Republican. I'm like, what? And the thing I realized is that really older people, like really 79, like people who that yeah. age, they're who they are. Yeah. And we're so much younger that they look at us like, you're an idiot. Yeah. You're just an idiot. Right. Because that's probably the right way to be. And so yeah. like they have their way of, of, of life. Yeah. And it is to them, they're absolutely set in it. Yeah. And it's weird because some things are different yeah. than what we believe. Yeah. And they don't have the, I, mean, I, I can't speak for all of them and I don't know your dad at all, but I believe that he's probably like the rest of them where like he is right. What he believes is right. And when you're younger and you believe something, but someone has a different belief, you'll entertain it. And you'll be like, I'm open to learning about it because I want, I have time to change. Man. Yeah. They had older people are like, no, you're wrong. That's stupid. That's who they are. That's what they're like. All of them. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We don't do that anymore. They're like, well, that's wrong too. We're like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I've been thinking a lot about, uh, I've been trying to come up with a reason why racism is not unilaterally bad. And which is just the most, you can't, it's hard to come up with that, but I really do believe that. Especially when you're dating a black girl. And you're, yeah, 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 when you're me. Hey, you're a white straight dude from the South trying to defend racism. Maybe you're wrong. Like, maybe I am. Maybe I am. But I've noticed, like, there is something about judging groups mm. that it's not bad. Yeah. Like, the, you know, obviously there's tons more examples of why it's bad, but there are ways that you keep yourself safe. Like, we judge. Yeah. We, if you walk down the street and you see some people who look like criminals and they, I don't know, they're frowning and they're walking towards you, you're not going to be like, oh, hey, guys, what's going on? Right, you're going to be out. like, I want to stay safe. I want to yeah. be safe. And that's that's why we do it. We, we are, as comics, we all know everything is patterns. We say something, we are counting on that audience, have a preconceived notion so we can play with it. Right. But yet, for some reason, we're not allowed to say that it is okay in some situations because the nuance, like, it's like, where where does the line sit? Like, obviously you should never look at somebody and go, well, I know who you are and you don't get this job. Like, obviously that's wrong, but there is, there should be some sort of where it is acceptable or there should be some place where it's like, um, you can talk about it and find out where, where that line is. But I've noticed that it's on, it's that discussion's not allowed. And I don't get, I don't get why we don't allow a lot of discussions that should be happening. Like, like, a, you know what I could do if I had a lot of money, like a lot, I would, I would start my own news network 
And I would start one where I took all the craziest right wing people and paired them with all the craziest left wing people. <laughs> it's like, I don't, it's, why not do that? Like, why not give both sides a voice? Yeah. And, you know, but all both, instead of just going all only my side and only this side and yeah. only this is right and only this is right, but why not just have them both so we can all be like, you know, you're, you're both idiots yeah. and be done. Yeah. But I was thinking about that. Like, somebody should do that. Someone should start a network and just take the crazy Tucker Carlson <laughs> and I don't know, Jake T Tepper yeah. and put them together yeah. and have them cry and yell at each other yeah, yeah. and see what happens. Cause my belief is that I, I, I think I'm right about this, but you can only be racist against people you don't know. Yeah. It's a, you can't hate a group once you have experience with a single person of it. Yeah. Except for black people. Yeah. You have to date one. Then you can hate black people as a rule. <laughs> Cause I had never hated <laughs> until my girlfriend. I did not hate black people, but now uh, it's like, you're going to lose everything from that, man. That's worth it. My girlfriend. No, no my, my girlfriend's amazing. I'm, I'm, uh, I'm yeah, very happy. Uh, it's, it's uh, the problem is that like, I think about this a lot. Like I hate that she's always right. Like I hate it. I hate it so much. I hate it. And it's to the point now where like, she knows that she's always right. So like, even when she's not hundred percent sure, she trusts her opinion over mine. Yeah. And in the beginning, she trusted my opinion over hers. And so I was like, I kind of like that. I was like, all right, I'll be wrong, but we'll be wrong together. But now she's like, now nah, you're wrong. You're wrong. And I'm always wrong. So like, I, it's like half the time I got, we're going to do an argument and I'll realize, ah, shit, she's right. Yeah. But I, I can't stop because yeah, it's yeah. like, I, I would rather be wrong, but keep my pride. Yeah. And apologize later, you know, afterwards. But like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's just the one thing is like, uh, you ever, you see these old guys, like really old guys. They always say, like, if you ask them in a relationship, they're always like, happy wife, happy life. Yeah. And it, it seems like, like that's the only thing that they care about. And I, I, don't, yeah. I, there's something about that. I don't know what it is, but I, I just think it's like at some point we realize we're always wrong and we just accept it yeah. and then we die. I don't know if that's hundred percent how it works, but I think it's, that's the process. It's like <laughs> you have your own opinions, you meet someone, you realize, nope, they're all wrong. And then you die. I think at some point you have kids, yeah. but uh, I think that's the whole thing. <laughs> how are you? Do you have, you have kids? Do you have, no. you have kids, right? No, 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 no kids. Uh, I don't know, man. I, uh, I'm at the age where I feel like I got to make a, tr a decision, right? Well, <laughs> right. Yeah. I, you know, it's, it's, I don't have any kids that I'm aware of. When I become famous, there's going to be someone knocking. <laughs> right. But I don't have the, the drive to get married mm -hmm. and have kids. Yeah. I'm not against it. Yeah. I just don't have the drive for like, I, 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 I don't see myself ever being with anyone else, but at the same time, I don't have the drive to get married that I think other people have. And I don't, same here. I don't know why. Yeah. Nice. Like, like I, I, I know growing up, my parents divorced twice, mm -hmm. twice. That's a lot of divorce in one family <laughs> to get back together and do it again. Yeah. Like they always fought. And so like, it's I funny, my girlfriend, Heidi, her parents did that too. Yeah. She mentioned, she mentioned that. I was like, yeah. dude, my mom, my mom, my dad divorced acrimoniously wow. when I was like four, my brother was nine. Yeah. And then they were like, you know what? We didn't screw up the younger one enough. Let's do this again. <laughs> they came back when I was nine, oh. got remarried and divorced again. Wow. Again, acrimoniously. <laughs> the judge used to tell people they both fought over custody. They're like, you take them. No, you take them. No, you take them. Then they divorced twice. What did they do? They got back together uh. and they stayed together until my dad died. Wow. And they fought every single day. Mm. Like I couldn't figure that out. Like, like why, why do you guys keep getting back together? But then I, 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 I'm actually trying to make this a joke, but it's great. I, I love this. It just happened. This actually happened. My dad lost every argument ever with my mother, <laughs> every single one. And because my, my dad lost all of, all of our family's money, like okay. he, he, we had a, a 
bunch of money, uh-huh. like millions. Yeah. And a house in Martha's Vineyard, a lot. Good wow. money. Yeah, because he was rich. Yeah. And he had a dream. And in the early 80s, he he wanted to open an automobile dealership. Like, that yeah. was his thing. He loves cars. He always did. He rebuilt cars. He was a car guy. And in the early 80s, there were two trends in automobiles. There were dune buggies and minivans. And my dad saw the future and invested everything, including the house in Martha's Vineyard, mortgage, everything on a dune buggy dealership <laughs> and lost everything. Like every dime, lost it all. And so my mom divorced him because that's what you do when you lose your family's money. Yeah. You get cut out of the family. Then they got back together. But my dad could never win an argument with my mom because I swear to God, every time they fought, if my dad was ever making a point, my mom was go dune buggies, David. Dune buggies. <laughs> and he'd be like, all right, all right, all right. Wow. And yeah, so it's like, no, he never won, never won, never won, never. Now, I tell this joke with the whole thing and it's a little involved piece, but I'll, I'll tell you the real thing that happened was that when my dad died, uh, the night he died, my brother and my mother were there. I wasn't there. And my brother was like, he you know, got by dad and went out and left. And my mom was there and my dad hadn't been, uh, like a coherent. He was, he was gone, uh, for like a week at that point. He was just, the body was there, but he was pretty much gone. And my mom's leaving as she leaves him. My dad spoke. What? He said, I love you, Marlene. Wow. And those were his last words. And Jesus. then he died. Wow. Yeah. And it sounds sweet, right? Uh-huh. But I'm just like, dude, he meant that. He fucking totally did that to win. <laughs> I just know. Word? Yeah. He was just like, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to screw this woman forever. <laughs> Get over this. <laughs> dude, he, like, he left. My mom discovered, my dad left my mom cards that she found across the house when he was gone. Because he, he, that was, he was a very sweet man. Wow. Yeah. But. I always like tell me, I really think it though. He was planning it like, oh, I'm going to be gone. I'm going to drop the, I love you. And then I'm going to top it off with a few sweet cards. She'll never get over this. Yeah. Just, just, yeah, yeah. And sure enough, like now my mom is like, now like, your dad was an angel. Wow. People are like, mom, are you sure? <laughs> that bastard who lost our money? That's yeah, yeah. an angel. <laughs> All right. So I, I, I always think about that. That's what I hope to do someday. Just my last word, just ruin someone's memory. Just like something, do something. Video Sean has got a yeah. great joke yeah. about that. Like his last words, he goes like once he's like, the money's underneath the, oh, just oh, die. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, oh, what's the money worth? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Last words, don't waste them. That's, that's. <laughs> Speaking of last words, we're going to wrap up here. <laughs> do you have any uh, upcoming shows or anything you want to promote? Yes, I am starting a new podcast called the Eric Allegria no. Podcast, starring Matt Taylor. Which I'm not invited. You're on. not going to be. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Like it's a coincidence. It's not you. <laughs> I just love your name, and I want to piggyback off of your success. So I figure you can't be on it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm doing the, everything. I'm I'm working on one thing. I'm working on an online class, but yeah. uh, but most likely no one's going to want to learn how to comedy do comedy. Class? Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I uh, I've always I like teaching. Yeah, and so I'm doing that. And I got shows coming up, cool. but not right now. Mm-hmm. I'm in the middle of negotiating with the Comedy Chateau. Oh, nice. Uh, and well, so who knows? Which is a comedy club in... It's in North Hollywood. The Comedy Chateau is across the street from the Ha Ha Comedy Club. Yeah. By the way, the Ha Ha Comedy Club has issued a uh, carpet ban on anybody who performs at the Chateau. What? Yeah. Yeah, they, they banned it. And they, I think How it was do you know? Because they, uh, uh, they told people oh, that geez. if they did my show... They were banned. Oh man! So what I, I did was me. when I when I found that out, yeah, I went and I invited Jack Jr. to do a spot on my show because I figured, you know, hey, you want to do my show? <laughs> and he was very nice. He's like, no you know. comic because it turned down a. But he was like, no, you know, I can't do that. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, I know. I just want to. <laughs> I just want to take the high road and win. Uh, but was yeah, this recently, yeah, it was when I started doing those shows. Like they were they were 
Jack Sr. was not happy that the Chateau existed. <laughs> I remember because back, back when I used to work at the Ha Ha, he, yeah. I used to laugh because I told him I was going to open a club next to him one day and call it the Ha Ha Ha. <laughs> and he used to look at me and go, I would kill you. <laughs> and I, he wasn't kidding. I know he wasn't kidding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the funny thing is like, uh, I love, I like the Ha Ha. I yeah. like the, I know people have their own opinions of the, that family, but yeah. they did write by each other uh-huh. and I would still be working there if I could have. Yeah. I just couldn't make enough money and I made a promise to him. Like yeah. I, I would stay exclusive with them. Then they took all my shows away. Uh-huh. And I was like, I have to leave. Uh-huh. But I like that. I like them. I think they're good. And yeah. the one thing they do that no one else does to, to promote a club that hates me, uh, <laughs> they don't care about your TV credits. Yeah. They're the only club in yeah. this town. That's like, just be funny. Yeah. Just kill. Now, would it be a little bit nicer if they were different people? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But they're the only people who are, are you funny? We'll work with you. And uh-huh. that's, that's something else. So, yeah. So tell me about the, the Chateau. I, I'm not familiar with that club. The Chateau is owned by uh, Felix. Uh, I can, some sort of the Mc, Mc something or other. Yeah. He's great. Uh, the club itself is brand new. Uh-huh. It's gorgeous. It's nice. Uh, so far, they're only doing outdoor shows. So I don't, as I was joking, like, I don't even think Felix owns this club. He just owns the parking lot because it's <laughs> always on the inside, but it's a nice place, man. Um, they don't really yet quite have a grasp on how to run things because they're brand new. Like yeah, no one there sure. has run a club before, yeah. which it sounds like it's like, it's like, yeah, people describe these like, it was like, we're all just learning it as we go, <laughs> which sounds exciting. Except, you know, some of these things are like, <laughs> yeah. you don't, you don't have to, some of these are dumb mistakes, people. Some of these are, you're making some stupid mistakes. But like, like first it's like when the haha yeah. issued the band, yeah. we're like, dude, you guys should say something, do something. And they're like, well, we like them. I was like, no, yeah. that's the wrong attitude to have. Yeah. You got to be competitive. Uh, I like it. Uh, it's a good place. They're going to open it. They have two rooms. Inside's nice. It's a nice place. And so, you know, hopefully the place will stay in business forever. Hopefully. And the haha will also stay in business forever. Yeah. Yeah. But, There's uh, enough for everybody, right? Yeah. Not, yeah. It's not for everybody. But it's it's a lot of good comedy out there though. Oh, and my name, you know the old haha? Yeah. My name is still on the marquee. Is it? For like two years yeah, now. Wow. Like I want to go buy that club just so I can take my name off the marquee. <laughs> That's funny, because it looks like a it looks like it's an abandoned club with my name on it, which is just not a good sign. There's one producer, this is this guy who produced a bunch of TV specials for these yeah. people. He's like, hey Matt, uh, I always wanted to produce a show at a haunted house. And he took a picture of him. I was like, oh, I was like, That's uh yeah, okay, if you want to do it. And he's yeah. like, No. And I was like, All right, whatever. But so what about you? What are you up to these days? Uh, this and you never promote, promote yourself. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Um, well, uh, you know, I'm going to try to get on that podcast uh, that has my name on it. That uh, you know, the guy, the guy who books is a jerk. On. Maybe, may <laughs> I'll just do a name change to get on. That would be hilarious. <laughs> That would be hilarious if I actually didn't name yeah, the podcast, yeah. the Eric Alay. Actually, it wouldn't be funny. It would be yeah. the biggest dick move possible. <laughs> Maybe I should call the app. I'll call the podcast. Eric Allegria has a better podcast. <laughs> that actually wouldn't be such of a bad name. But, yeah, yeah. But no, that's, I, I love what you're doing here, man. Thank you, brother. This I appreciate is, it. And like, uh, you know, producing shows, you know, you get the book who, who, who you like and who you want to be around with. And this is... Oh, I don't, I, don't, that. I don't book. Oh yeah. yeah I don't book yeah. shows anymore. I don't talk yeah, about yeah. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's cool. And, uh, you know, so hey, you got to do one of my shows coming up. Yeah. I'd love to. I can't, I can't, it's so funny. Like I meet all these people who ask, you know, this from running stuff, people ask you for spots and then you forget who you like the other people you go to book because the nice people, the people who are not like pushy. Yeah. You don't hear them. Cause right. there's so many people like, Hey, can right. I get a spot? Can I get a spot? Yeah, yeah. Like, yep. oh, yeah. oh. no, dude, I, 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 
you're, that's yeah. a good point because I, I tell people that all the time because when I used to book over there at the Ha Ha or any other show, you know, the squeaky wheel gets the, yeah, the gets, spot, right? Yeah, it's like all the things that you learn growing up don't apply in comedy. And I like, you you have to say you're good. Yeah. You have to push yeah. because otherwise, yeah. if you just lay back and you're humble, yeah. maybe, yeah. but there's a thousand people who are just idiots who are just coming up to you like, I'm great. And you're like, well, I guess you're great. You yeah. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Every, I always want everyone to be great. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I got, uh, I got some great advice when Dustin Chafin, by the way, just moved to Los Angeles. Yeah. Uh, he is one of the best comics on earth. Uh, he gave me my start in New York. Guy's amazing. Just an amazing comic. Smartest dude I know. And he gave me some, finally some really good advice on how to deal with people who keep coming up to you. He's like, cause he was, he was doing some shows and he's like, Matt, you gotta stop letting people talk to you that much before you're set. Like you're not, you're never going to get prepared. And I go, well, what do you do with people who, who just like keep asking for spots? Like, how do you, I don't want to say no to them because no, you, know, you, you get the person at the door and you make that person the co-producer of your show. And then when everyone asks you, you go talk to her. She'll, she's, she takes, she's booking things and you just deflect it. And I was oh, like, wow. Oh Yeah. Because otherwise, because, you know, if you say no to somebody, yeah. you forever. Right. And it's like, no one seems to accept the fact of like, hey, man, there's a lot of people right. who want spots. I don't yeah, try to yeah. take care of everybody. But to just deflect them to somebody else and then they don't seem to get upset. So. That's a good idea. Dustin Chafin. It's just, nice. I understand. The guy's just one of the, I'm such a fan of his. Like, it's like, I'm so happy he's out here. Like, just, just yeah. It's like one of those smart guys. You know, those, those people who just like, you're like, oh, I, I can't believe I know this person. Because yeah, they just yeah. impart wisdom. And it's like, yeah. He would probably hate that I'm saying these things. About him, so forget I said it. Yeah, forget yeah. I said it. But yeah, it's like, I'll introduce you. You guys are one of the best. Awesome. Cool. Very awesome, man. Well, thanks for coming by here, man. I know you live in Hollywood. We're here on the West Side and you drove all the way out here. I appreciate you. you and I, I hope you'll do my podcast I'd love soon. To. Let's drink to that. There we go. Cheers. We didn't cheers. I, I, cheers. I, I, thank you so much, buddy. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon.